What do the Dallas Cowboys need to do at cornerback going forward to ensure that they don't give up 400 yards of offense like they did on Sunday? All that and more this episode of Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? And this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Today I'm joined, of course, by Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon. What's going on, sir? Not much. We did some old 22 reviews, so we're definitely going to be talking about that. And there's a lot going on elsewhere, too. So uh, we, we better get right into this, yeah. I think. Yeah, all 22 reviews. Let's start with the cornerbacks because I think that's maybe the biggest story. It should be the biggest story um, from the game. I'm just going to toss it to you. How concerned are you about the Cowboys cornerbacks going forward? Well, you know, I, I, I think – they they certainly did not have a good game in this in this game. Um, I, I I tend to think that it's still just a situation where they have got to sort out what they're doing. You know, I I think it, it's it's frustrating, right? Because I I went and watched Joseph's you know snaps, and I feel like ninety percent of them he played pretty well. Uh, but there were obviously some key key plays where he was at fault, and you know. Two of them gave up touchdowns, and then one another one of them gave up big plays. I think, you know, I I, I tend to think that when he's in press coverage, and this is something that Brian Broaddus has pointed out before. That I'm not certainly trying to take sole credit for anything like this, but when he's in when he's in press coverage, he looks like a different coverage player. Mm-hmm. When he's asked to kind of play back and and, and recognize route combinations and and, and uh, anticipate what's going to happen, that's where I think he's doing a lot of guessing. Um, and the other thing I think that really was tough to watch at times was, you know, one of the things that we've talked about with Joseph specifically is that he's a a, a strong physical run player. And I think that there were times during this game where he just showed poor awareness in some of the, in one of the reverses, he just didn't, he didn't seem to be able to fight through some of the blocks that you expected him to, um, that was, you know, part of his, uh, appeal. Uh, and then when they when they got Nashawn Wright in there, I thought Nashawn Wright for the most part played pretty decent. Um, I, I just think that they have to do more to kind of help these young corners. The, the key thing is to stop the big play. Like that's really where they have to kind of stop the bleeding. If they can kind of take away that element of it, you know, have these corners not so um, aggressive on biting on some of these moves and maybe allow that, leave that to Trayvon a little bit more. Sure. Uh, I, I think that, you know, it would be beneficial for all of us. I, I, I think at this point, it's just, you need them to play more of an Anthony Brown type of game where, okay, maybe you give up a, a long pass down the field, you know, once, twice a game, but you can't, it can't be a touchdown and you've got to, you know, you've got to find a way to stop the bleeding at a certain point. Um, 
I, I think that they're probably going to end up having to just shuffle a couple of these guys in to see what the best combination is. I wouldn't be surprised to see Sheffield and Mackenzie Alexander potentially playing the, some more. The problem but, with those two guys is those are both primarily slot corners, right? And Well, I think they kick Bland out, right? Is that well, is and, that what you think? I don't know. So let's let's talk about Bland really quickly because yeah, let's uh, this morning I watched all 12 of his targets in this game. I, well, if you just give me a minute, I'll go through them just to show you how good he yeah, was. Let's hear it. Uh, a screen play, uh, first play of the game, gave yeah. up six yards, whatever. Pass breakup, pass breakup, uh, a tight end leak play where I don't think it was his man, but he got credited for it. He made the tackle. Yeah. Next play, on third and nine, they ran an over route uh, mm-hmm. to Christian Kirk. He made a great play on the ball, <laughs> deflected it. Uh, they get off the field. Next play, a screen, which he makes a tackle for three yards. A speed out on second and 10. He gives up four yards, makes a tackle. Then he gets the interception on the seam route. And then the biggest play he gave up was the rub route. Uh, yeah. Christian Kirk caught, which just a fantastic play and a fantastic yeah. catch. You're going to live with that. Um, and then he gave up a sit route and off coverage for six yards. And then he was in zone on one of the final plays of regulation it got charged to him. I really think it was probably a nation right um, target, but that was it. I, you can win with that type of play at cornerback, and I just don't want to move Bland. I think it's easier to keep somebody else like Kelvin Joseph on the outside, give him more help than move Bland, who I, I think all in all has played really well in the slot. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I tend to agree that I think that Bland is not not an issue. I mean, he's been playing really good football. I think he uh, gave up a little bit more in this game than than uh, he had previously. But I mean, that's that's such a high standard, you know. He played 12, so fantastically. Twelve targets and you know only one chunk play, and he made yeah. it, and he made multiple other splash plays, including an interception, a third down pass breakup, another third down pass. Like you can live with that. You can win a lot of games if that's your worst corner on the field. You know, yeah, absolutely. Is, that's the, uh, that's the, the other guy. Corner. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, again, like that's, I mean, I think that that's where I, I, I'm, you know, I'm not quite trying to like completely write off Kelvin Joseph because I think that, like I said, like he needs, he needs to take his lumps to become a good cornerback. So, but the problem is we're at the end of the season. We can't necessarily afford for him to take a whole bunch of lumps. Right. So I, I have, I have faith that I think Kelvin Joseph could be, a, can, you know, can be a good player in this league. Uh, but the problem is, is that can we afford to, you know, play through some of his lumps as he goes? I have to imagine that after watching what we saw, that they'll probably continue to rotate guys there, right? They'll continue to rotate Joseph and Nation right until one of those guys kind of, you know, stands up and takes the job from the other one. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's 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 tough because you you want to like give a guy an opportunity to grow, but like if you're going to give up two or three big plays in a game, it's, it's, it, that could be the difference of a game. And when we're getting close to the playoffs and into the end of the season, you just can't afford that. You know, he, he's got to get better a lot quicker. If he's going to kind of continue to be part of that rotation. My personal preference would be that it, they continue to either rotate or stick with one of Calvin Joseph or nation. Right. I, I don't think, bringing in Kendall Sheffield and playing him in the slot and playing Deron Bland on the outside is the answer. Same with Mackenzie Alexander and even Trayvon Mullen. He is an outside corner, but he has the same issues that Calvin Joseph has. Like, it's just not going to change anything. I'd rather play the younger guy who's under contract 
and just hope that they figure it out. There's no perfect solutions here, Lane. And like, it's going to be an issue. They just got to hope that somebody plays better. Like, it's as simple as that. You know, and, and like some of it too is like, and this is what we talked about beforehand. It's like, you know, Jones, Marvin Jones pushes off at the top of his route. That they don't call for an OPI. I mean, you got to fight through that stuff. But at the same time, it's like, it's hard to like criticize technique on Joseph for that when like the guy literally pushed off to get his separation at the top of the route. So uh, he's got to find a way to fight through that stuff. And and I think that they need to help him by putting him maybe in a little bit better uh, 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 situations for what his skill set is. Uh, but he's got, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the unfortunate part is that I thought he played a pretty decent game outside of two or three different plays. The problem is those two or three big two, two or three plays were huge plays in this game. Well, it's just very much like it's like Noah Brown. It's like Noah Brown, well, honestly. Well, like Noah Brown. But we'll talk about that in a second. But it's like it's similar where you had two or three different guys in this game who had very good play in, in, throughout the game and then gave up several terrible plays. So it's yeah. it's frustrating. All right, yeah. Let's let's talk about Noah Brown because he had. Uh, quite an interesting day. But before we do that, we want to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Football GM app. We're really geeked about our new partner and sponsor of today's episode, the mobile game Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise, this app in this game is definitely for you. Manage every uh, strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. You're going to be responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, navigating your fan- franchise through free agency in the draft, and all the ups and downs of the season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is a completely free and playable offline. You can play on the go as much as you want and when you want. I know some of us in the uh, the Lockdown Twitter group were, were talking about our teams. It's It's pretty funny. I, I highly, highly recommend it. Lockdown Cowboys listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when you use promo code LOCKEDON in all caps in the game store. That is LOCKEDON, so make sure that you check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com, ultimate football GM. Start your dynasty today. also want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car that you want wherever you want it from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Australia. You can book a spacious SUV for that next family road trip, or you can get a nice luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Or if you just need to get a a, a car that can take you from A to B, they can do that for you as well. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance, terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. All right, Landon, let's talk about Noah Brown because <laughs> he had a really interesting day. Uh, <sighs> what do you just think about the receivers in general from this game? <sighs> Well, it felt like they weren't getting a ton of looks outside of CeeDee Lamb, obviously. You know, it felt like, uh, you know, I think watching the game, I thought in general that uh, that Gallup hadn't necessarily played a great game. And, and, and uh, I honestly felt like there were def- definitely times when Gallup was getting open, but he wasn't being targeted. 
but I think generally speaking, you know, Dak felt more comfortable going to Brown more often. He felt he seemed to find him, especially when the plays would, were breaking down. Um, and they were they were they targeted Brown specifically in some of the plays that they were uh, in the, some of the schemes that they were running, you know, on third downs. And and I think that you, you look at the day that Brown had outside of a the, the obviously the last play of the game, but also that drop that he had, I think, on third down when Tech somehow put it on him deep uh, on the play that we kind of all were uh, second guessing as far as mm-hmm. you know, the play calling. Uh, I think outside of those two plays, he played a really good game. He had some key third down catches. He had two touchdowns. He was uh, one of the best blockers on the on the field at different points uh, in the run game. But again, like the reliability of uh, of like the, the lack of reliability from uh, any wide receiver uh, outside of Ceedee Lamb is is what what hurt this team. I mean, you, you just needed, you needed Brown to make that catch on third down. Yeah. You needed Brown to make that. Well, third down was a third down Both as well. You needed Brown down, to right. make that catch. Either one of those third downs, either one of those third down catches may have ended the game. You know, like it, yeah. even the overtime one, you felt like the, the Cowboys were driving the ball, that they had regained the momum. I'll the be offense, honest. I, I felt like if they get that third down, they win that game. I thought that the game was I, – I had I felt confident that they were going to win the game when we got the ball back because the defense started playing better football. The offense was moving clearly. Well, and CeeDee Lamb had a – he had a big reception that got him almost in midfield and felt yeah. like, okay, they're moving the ball. They need one more – sorry. They need one more, like, big play to be like, like, at like the inside 50, the board. right? Yeah, they were like, at the 50. I happened? felt like if they got, like, one more 17-yard play – they're kicking a field goal at least yeah. now, whether Mar makes or not's different story, but I don't have it in front of me, but CD lamb. Yeah. Like you mentioned, he had 21 yard reception on the, I think on first down, the very yeah. first play that they got yeah. the ball. So they were already at midfield. They were moving the ball. Well, uh, yeah, it, it just felt like you needed, you needed a reliable force there. And, and I think that that's where you normally would have seen Schultz. I, I don't know. I think really the guy that the receiver that I'm, I'm the most disappointed in, I think is Schultz. I just felt like he just didn't produce. He wasn't uh, open. I think that, that, that clearly Jacksonville was focusing on trying to take away lamb and Schultz. Yeah. Uh, but, but you just, Which is and, smart. And you, I, I understand it. And I think that Brown came in and, and did uh, a, a mostly good job of kind of functioning as that alternate uh, receiver. It's just, when you when you target him nine times, that's just I think too many targets for Brown to be consistently reliable, and that's why you've got someone like T.Y. Hilton in the, and that's why you're hoping that someone like Gallup starts getting going more. You know, yeah. so so uh, yeah, C.D. Lamb in this game, he had eight targets. Uh, he caught seven of those. The only one he didn't catch was because of a pass interference that he drew on third down, which was like a 20-yard penalty. So that doesn't even count as official target. Yep. In the second half, they just made it a point. Like, we're we're not letting CeeDee Lamb go wild. And they were daring the Cowboys to throw to see – or excuse me, Michael Gallup and Noah Brown in one-on-one situations. And they had mixed results, right? Like, the, the third and ten play, Dak threw a pretty good ball – that only Brown could have caught, and he kind of stumbled a little bit coming back for the ball, and it made it that play a little awkward. Um, the Gallup part's hard, right? Because they had Tyson Campbell, their number one corner, covering Gallup, 
And there was times where he would get open late in a route, but it was late, right? And I just don't know if, if Dak wanted to try to throw at Campbell with a gallop that's, you know, not creating a lot of separation. I, I don't know. I came away from this game kind of concerned about the receivers long term. I, I, you know, I thought that I would come away concerned with way, the way Gallup was running, but he, like, I saw him getting open at times. Like, there's, I saw a couple different nine routes where he got got open quick and was down the field, and and the ball just like Dak never even looked that way. So, I, I agree. I, I think that they need to find a level of reliability that they haven't been able to find that you you would have expected from Gallup that they have not been able to kind of produce. Um, and that's why you you hope that with the addition of T.Y. Hill, that, that I was just about to say, I I think T.Y. needs to be a big part of this offense, maybe bigger than what we're thinking. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the idea is to bring him in and, and have him be a part of uh, a big part of this offense. I don't know that like I, I think that like they'll Gallup may be the wide receiver, too, on this offense, but I have a feeling that they'll be rotating all those guys now, you know, like, you know, not necessarily every single two wide receiver set is going to feature Lamb and, and Gallup. No, uh, it shouldn't. Hilton, Hilton will be in there, you know, so I, I, I think that the, the idea is that they realize that they need another veteran wide receiver to kind of come in and, and, and help them at those moments when they need you know, they know that Lamb is not going to be available. They know that Schultz is not going to be available. They need a guy who can beat man coverage and consistently catch the football. I think that 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 Gallup is that guy for for most of the time, but he's just not back to where he needs to yeah. be yet, or at least Dak and him don't have the connection yet that they need to have. So uh, that's where I think T.Y. Hilton is going to come in and, and make an immediate impact. Like on the, the third and 10 uh, in regulation, that's a perfect time for, hey, you want to line up your third best corner against T.Y. Hilton one-on-one, he can run a stop route. He can run a, a, an over route or a slant or a you know, a dig route, and I, I've got confidence that he's going to be at the right spot and make the play. They need T.Y. Like, and I, I, I think this week against the Eagles is a good time to let him play a lot of snaps and kind of figure things out with Dak under center. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I think, you know, what they need is somebody who can consistently win underneath because yes. what, what, what they, you know, they, when they try to throw the ball deep and they don't have some sort of outlet route, uh, uh, they're putting just a ton of pressure on Dak to continue to stay clean in a pocket that you know, could be collapsing and then just try to wait out people to get through uh, to open windows. He needs, he needs you know – uh, an intermediate route, a guy that he can get the ball to with uh, on the run who can produce yak. Uh, I think that that's something like T.Y. Hilton will really shine in. You know, the, besides the deep route stuff, you know, he can send him long. He doesn't quite have the same speed as he did before, but where I think he's really going to help is in zone and in underneath routes mm-hmm. uh, coming across the field and just getting the ball in his hands and allowing him to make something happen when, you know, you've got coverage leaning towards Lamb and Schultz and, and, and everybody else. All right, let's talk about the offensive line uh, from this game. But before we do that, I want to let you know this podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All you have to do is pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Pick projection, you can win up to ten times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, 
MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. They are currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada. Download the Price Pick app or go to PricePicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit 100, Price Picks will give you 100. You deposit 50, they'll give you 50. Just that easy. Don't forget to enter promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, Landon, we promised everybody that we were going to talk about Tyron Smith playing right tackle. <laughs> What were your thoughts after watching the film? It took about three snaps, maybe four, for Tyron to look comfortable. And after that, I mean, he's he's RT one. I don't know. Like he looked, he looked like Tyron Smith playing right tackle. You know, there was definitely times when (laughs) it felt like there was definitely like two or three pass sets where it felt like he like i could just imagine him in his set and he's like he's got it all figured out. he's like okay i i know what i'm supposed to be doing here comes the snap and then it felt like he goes oh whoops the other leg <laughs> like like just yeah. just yeah. once right like when the snap came out he's like oh nope the other way like it yeah. took him a second to kind of fight that muscle yeah. memory you know but man i mean on the hoof he looked fantastic um you know he's moving guys there was one play I tried to get screen grabs of it because it's hard to describe where they were running outside and uh, a defender had slipped inside of, of Tyron's block and, and, and the, the play was designed to go outside of Tyron and the tackle was getting penetration was just about to reach for the running back and Tyron is in kind of a mush blocking situation. I think they're double te- teaming uh, the guard with, with, with Zach Martin on somebody inside and this tackle is just about to get to, to, to Zeke. And Tyron just takes one hand <laughs> and just shoves the guy to yeah. the ground. Yeah. And I was like, man, I, I missed you, Tyron, so much. Uh, he's just an android, man. Like, he's out there he with, like, massive out four there leg braces, like, yeah, you know, well, like he, operating like huge. he has servos. He's like some, some kind of steampunk monster out there with, like, his with his uh, arm braces. It's, it's crazy. So, he, yeah, he played – I thought he played exceptional in the run game. Uh, the pass game, it took him, I think, a little while to kind of just get used to the the, yeah. the kind of mirror. And he gave up a few pressures in this game. I, I think four pressures and twenty four snaps. So that's definitely higher than what he's what he's normal normally used to. But I think that this is. It was clear that he was the best solution uh, at the position. They need to stop the rotation because Jason Peters fell all the way back down to earth as a right tackle this game. Uh, and did not look comfortable. Did not look like he was playing with any strength. Um, but it might be he was banged issue. up from last week, right? He got a yep. little banged up in that game too. So it could be that for sure. Uh, but I thought Tyron played played really really well and 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 was moving really well. And I think you know looked I, I more would, than satisfactory. Assuming there's not another injury that comes down the pipe or whatever, like no. I've got to believe that this this is probably the worst Tyron's going to look this year like he hasn't played football since august yeah. right yeah and when he last played football he was playing left tackle so you figure mm-hmm. he gets two three more games under his belt at right tackle he shakes off some of that rust plus you know hey he's another month removed from the hamstring injury i've got to believe it's going to get better and if that's the floor cowboys will be they'll be fine 
Um, yeah, I think he'll get a full load of practice this week at right tackle. I, I think they'll probably work towards him not rotating, and then I think that will accelerate things a little bit as far as his kind of getting comfortable back. Yeah, and I would tackle. assume Jason Peters is going to go back to the swing tackle role, right? Which is yeah, which is fine if you need him for twenty six snaps a game. I think that's that probably makes the most sense. Um, Tyler Smith, what did you think about him in this game? Tyler Smith was a monster in this game. He, you know, he definitely gave up. I think there was like two pressures that I, 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 I saw plus on top of that, a sack. So I don't know what the exact, what, if you've got PFF numbers in front of you, but uh, I, I thought in the run game, especially he was just destroying dudes on, there was that one, I think on the Zeke touchdown where he fully pancaked that guy, that defensive tackle, and then just sat on him. And it was like, it was like Larry with that 73. It looked like Larry Allen doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought for the most part, he played with great strength. Uh, You know, there, it wasn't always pretty, but I think that, you know, for the, for what he was doing, he was able to hold up in pass protection. Well, especially as the game went on Uh, and, and, you know, for the most part, in the run game, he was just dominating folks and just playing with really good strength. I think he's been playing better and better football these last few weeks. Yeah, he technically gave up two sacks in this game, but I, I think the way the judge, there's some like low quality sacks that you give up right where um, you have him blocked for the first two and a half, three seconds, and then the quarterback holds the ball and scrambles. It gets outside the pocket, and then that's when you get sacked. That's kind of what happened here. It wasn't yeah. like he got beat quick, right? Um, so I have a hard time getting too worried about that. He was great in the run game, and, and yeah. they're going to need him to be great. But I think, I think the offensive line. This wasn't their best game that they played all McGovern, year. McGovern really struggled, especially early in the game, and especially in the run game. Uh, it, it, you know, he's every once every few games he puts one of these games out where it's bad. You know, and it's it's not good. I, I know, I, and that's what's so hard. It's like everyone. You're right because I I don't think you played awesome in this game, and then you wonder, okay, are they better off just moving Tyler Smith back to guard, keeping and then playing Jason Peters at left tackle? At I, I don't know. I honestly I don't know. But this, the offensive line didn't play great. But actually, I came away encouraged because you can see yeah, the upside too. from Tyler Smith. You can yeah. see what Tyron Smith could look like down the road with more you know, more reps, I think they're going to be fine going forward. Yeah, I think that there was some uh, assignment confusion at times, which I think will will work itself out as they start to kind of get, get more continuity yep. there. Zach but, Martin I, and Tyron on, I think, the third yep. 10 missed a stunt, which yep. seems weird for those two guys to not figure it out. But but at the same time, this is the first time they ever played next to each other. So I, 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 have, no, I have no doubts they'll figure it out. But, yeah, I do think that there was some – uh, continuity stuff that you know it's to be expected with the, all the shuffling the Cowboys have had to do. Overall, after watching this game, did you come away more encouraged, discouraged, or did you have a different emotion? You know, I, I, what, for me, for me, frustrated because you just needed one more play, and there was yeah. there was like ten different moments in this game. A ball goes right through Donovan Wilson's hand. If he just deflects it and it's incomplete, the Cowboys we'll probably win the game. Yeah. J. Ron Kerr starts tackling Evan Ingram at the logo, and Ingram is out, able to get out of bounds. Uh, there was a play where Michael Parsons was being held on a touchdown throw, the one that Kelvin Joseph got beat on. If they just call holding there and they hold him to a field goal, it's probably a different game. The I sprint think- option on third down where 
it was blocked and executed perfectly. And for some reason, Dak pitched the ball when he should have just run for probably what it would have been 25 yards. There was like two or three other ones on the, on the deep throw to, to, uh, to, uh, was it, was it a Pollard when he ran the kind of wheel route? Noah Brown was running free at the, at the first down marker across the, 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 across Dak's face. There's just times, things like that where, if the guy had looked just the right way or if the guy had been able to finish the play, that's that, that part was very frustrating because it felt like the Cowboys were given a ton of opportunities and just could not yes. finish it. But to me, that is, it's frustrating, but it's encouraging, I guess, in the sense that the Cowboys weren't getting their tails beat in this game. You know, like it was more kind of of their own doing. If they can tighten things up a little bit, I think they can play much better football. Um, you know, I, I think there was a lot of circumstance and kind of the, the, a lot of the offensive success that Jacksonville was happening. Uh, I think it's, it doesn't necessarily bode well for the Eagles, uh, but it could, but it, it's, it, it's not necessarily long-term, uh, scary stuff. Like, I mean, if you give up three reverses for 50 yards total, like it's going to completely mess with your ability to kind of properly uh, uh, chase down run games at that uh, run plays at that point, because you're going to be constantly worried about the, the, the horizontal movement in the run game. And you lose your starting linebacker who's having an incredible game while you're playing a team like that. It, it makes it difficult. So there was just lots of like kind of weird circumstance and it all just added up to the Cowboys uh, having to make a play here or there to kind of win this game. Mm-hmm. And they weren't able to do it. The Cowboys have lost four games this year. Two of them have been in overtime where they've moved the ball on both drives, right? Against the Packers, uh, they got the ball to Green Bay's 35. And then they had a third and three and they had two straight incompletions. Uh, In this game, they had a big play to CeeDee Lamb. They're almost at midfield. And then they have a drop that goes for an interception the other way. I mean, just a couple bounces that just go the other way. And the Cowboys are... 12 and two right and right right in you know the the hunt for the number one seed it's just it's been one of those years they just in some of these close games they're just not getting the right bounces that they need um frustrating that's that's the way i describe it well regression uh is a uh, is evil and good so maybe yeah. we can get some positive regression on some of the lucky bounces yeah. stuff all right that is it for today's show thank you for making locked on cowboys your first listen today now make your second listen to the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. It's the Lockdown Sports Today podcast available on YouTube and wherever you get your uh, podcast, all the same places that you get the Lockdown Cowboys podcast. Check us out over on YouTube. Follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. And we'll see you guys next time.